Nowhere in all the field had these Spartans faltered. Now, even in the hot blood aftermath, their discipline maintained them chaste and noble, above all vaunting and boasting. They did not strip the bodies of the slain, as the soldiers of any other city would eagerly and gloatingly do, nor did they erect trophies of vainglory and conceit from the arms of the vanquished. Their austere thank-offering was a single cock, worth less than a noble, not because they disrespected the gods, but because they held them in awe and deemed it dishonorable to overpress their mortal joy in this triumphant that heaven had granted them. I watched Enochis reforming the ranks of his platoon, listing their losses and summoning aid for the wounded. The Tranamati. The Spartans have a term for that state of mind, which must at all costs be shunned in battle. They call it catalpisith. Possessing possession, meaning that the derangement of the senses that comes when terror or anger usurps dominion of the mind. This, I realized now watching Dinakis rally and tend to his men, was a role of four of the officer. To prevent those under his command, at all stages of battle, before, during, and after, from becoming possessed. To fire their valor when it flagged and rained in their fury, when it threatened to take them out of hand. That was Dinakis' job. That was why he wore the transverse crested helmet of an officer. His was not, I could see now, the heroism of the Achilles. He was not a superman who waded invulnerably into the slaughter, single-handedly slaying the foe by myriads. He was just a man doing a job. A job whose primary attribute was self-restraint and self-composure. Not for his own sake, but for those whom he led by his example. A job whose objective could be boiled down to the single understatement, as he did at the hot gates on the morning he died, of performing the commonplace under the uncommonplace conditions. The men were collecting their tickets now. These two, which I alluded earlier, are the wood, wooden twig bracelets tied with twine which each man makes for himself before battle, to identify his corpse if necessary in the aftermath. A man writes or scratches his name twice, one on each end of the twig, then breaks it down the middle. The blood half he ties with string around his left wrist and wears it him, wears with him into battle. The wine half stays behind in a basket maintained with the trainer in the rear. The halves are broken off jaggedly on purpose so that even if the blood named were effaced or defiled in some other way, its twin would still fit in an unequivocally recognizable manner. When the battle is over, each man retrieves his ticket those remaining unclaimed in the basket number and identify the slain. When the men heard their names called and came forward to take their tickets, they could not stop their limbs from quaking. All up and down the line, one beheld warriors clustering in groups of twos and threes, as a terror they had managed to hold at bay throughout the battle now slipped its bonds and surged upon them, overwhelming their hearts. Clasping their comrades by the hand, they knelt, not from reverence alone, though that element was abundant but because the strength had suddenly fled from their knees, which could no longer support them. Many wept, others shuddered violently. This was not regarded as effeminate, but termed in the Doric idiom hesma phobu, purging or fear shedding. Leonidas strode among them, letting all see that their king lived and moved unwounded. The men gulped greedily their ration of strong, heavy wine and made no shame to drink water as well, and plenty of it. The wine went down fast and produced no effect whatsoever. Some of the men tried to dress their hair as if thereby to induce a return to normalcy, but their hands trembled so badly they could not do it. Others would chuckle knowingly at the sight, the veteran warriors who knew better than to try. It was impossible to make the limbs behave, and the frustrated groomers would chuckle back a dark laughter from hell. When the tickets had all found their mates and been reclaimed by their owners, those pieces bereft 
Within the basket identified the men who had been killed or were too badly wounded to come forward. These latter were claimed by brothers and friends, fathers and sons and lovers. Sometimes a man would take his own ticket, then another, and sometimes a third, besides, weeping as he accepted them. Many returned to the basket just to look in. In this way they could perceive the numbers of the lost. This day it was twenty-eight. His Majesty may set this number in comparison alongside the thousands slain in greater battles and perhaps judge it insignificant, but it seemed like decimation now. There was a stir, and Leonidas emerged into view along the front of the assembled warriors. Have you knelt? He moved down the line, not declaiming like some proud monarch, seeking satisfaction from the sound of his own voice, but speaking softly like a comrade, touching each man's elbow, embracing some, placing an arm around others, speaking to each warrior man to man, peer to peer, with no kingly condescension. As simple the word spread by murmur without needing to be spoken. Does every man have the halves of his ticket? Have your hands stopped shaking enough to fit them together? He laughed, and the men laughed with him. They loved him. The victors formed up in no particular order, wounded and unwounded, plus squires and helots. They cleared a space for the king, those in front kneeling to allow their comrades beside, behind to see and hear, while Leonidas himself strode informally up and down the line, presenting himself so that his voice would carry and his vase could be seen by all. The battle priest Olympias, in this case, held the basket up before the king. Leonidas took out each unclaimed ticket and read the name. He offered no eulogy. No word was spoken but the name. Among the Spartans this alone considered the purest form of consecration. Alcamenes, Damon, Antichetes, Lysandros, on, the, on down the list. The bodies already retrieved by their squires from the field would be cleansed and oiled. Prayers would be offered and sacrifices made. Each of the fallen would be shrouded in his own cloak of that of a friend and entered here upon the site, beside his mates, beneath a mound of honor. Shield, sword, spear, and armor alone would be, home, would be borne home by his comrades, unless the omens declared it more honorable for his corpse to be restored and entered into Lactamian. Leonidas now held up his own bracelet and slid the twin halves together into place. Brothers and allies, I salute you. Gather, friends, and hear the words of my heart. He paused for a moment, sober and solemn. Then, when all stood silent, he spoke. When a man seats before his eyes the brawn face of his helmet and steps off from the line of departure, he divides himself as he divides his ticket into two parts. One part he leaves behind, that part which takes delight in his children, which lifts his voice in the chorus, which clasps his wife to him in the sweet darkness of their bed. That half of him, the best part of him, a man sets aside and leaves behind. He banishes from his heart all feelings of tenderness and mercy, all compassion and kindness, all thought or concept of the enemy as a man, a human being like himself. He marches into battle bearing only the second portion of himself, the baser measure, that half which knows slaughter and butchery and turns the blind eye to quarter. He could not fight at all if he did not do this. The men listened, silent and solemn. Leonidas at that time was 55 years old. He had fought in more than two score battles since he was 20. Wounds as ancient as 30 years stood forth, lured upon his shoulders and calves, on his neck and across his steel-colored beard. Then this man returns, alive, out of the slaughter. He hears his name called and comes forward to take his ticket. He reclaims that part of himself which he had earlier set aside. This is a holy moment, a sacramental moment, 
a moment in which a man feels the gods as close as his own breath. What a noble mercy has spared us this day. What clemency of the divine has turned the enemy's spear one handbreadth from our throat and driven it fatally into the breast of the beloved comrade at our side? Why are we still here above the earth? We who are no better, no braver, whom reverenced heaven no more than these our brothers, whom the gods have dispatched to hell? When a man joins the two pieces of his ticket and sees them weld in union together, he feels that part of him, the part that knows love and mercy and compassion come flooding back over him. This is what unstrings his knees. What else can a man feel at that moment than the most grave and profound thanksgiving to the gods who for reasons unknowable have spared his life this day? Tomorrow their whim may alter, next week, next year. But this day the sun still shines upon him. He feels its warmth upon his shoulders. He beholds him, the faces of his comrades, whom he loves and he rejoices in their deliverance and his own. Happy Memorial Day, Dirty Cons. Oh, yeah. So Shanda was reading from Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. We are doing a book club tomorrow. Dirty so, Club? Yeah, Dirty Cone Book Club. So if you email us at dirtyscurvyscones at gmail.com, yeah. you two can join in on our conversation. Yeah. And since we have until tomorrow and we're only covering the first 30 pages, mm-hmm. This is uh, page 128 through 132, mm-hmm. um, and it being Memorial Day, and what you just read was pretty much yeah. like a Memorial Day mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we watched the Pacific all day. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's been a it's heavy heavy day. Yeah. It's Good heavy. day. Yeah, yeah. Because we're live, you yeah, know, just... like like he said. You know, right. any day that the sun shines on you or you're above the ground is a good day. It's a good day. Uh, and I kind of think, you know, it's kind of like um, Valentine's Day. You know, like, why do you need a day to right. to be nice to someone that you love kind of thing? Well, Memorial Day, you can remember everybody every day. Yeah. And at different parts of the day, I go through different people or maybe somebody reminds me of somebody and then, you know, I remember them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I always try to tell stories about guys anyway so I think that for me every, every day is Memorial Day yeah. and you know so if you remember them and, and learn not necessarily from their passing but learn from them remember you know oh I learned this from you know this guy or that yeah it's important to remember um, we forget so quickly the world moves so fast and we forget get to remember. It does. Well, I mean, in, in this new day and age where we can't even have funerals. Right. And you have drive-by weddings and drive-by birthdays. Yeah. You know, it makes us even further apart, yeah. I think. We're losing our connections. Yeah. Which is a very dangerous thing it's because... It's very slow. Because what? No man is an island. No man is an island. You know, we all need each other. I mean, granted... We're not talking about like marriage or sex or what, but people, right. you know, communication. I mean, that's that's. I think that's part way what happened to, uh, uh, the Unabomber. Uh-huh. You know, you spend too much time in a cabin in Montana by yourself. Yeah, yeah. With 
nobody to say, hey, does this sound like a good idea? Right. Or The only way we experience life is through others. And we, we need each other in order to experience life or else we're just alone. And that's not, that's not experiencing yourself with like, someone else. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be alone oh, no, sometimes or do stuff. It's a quality, not quantity it's a thing. Quality, not quantity. Like if if your parents are dirtbags, forget them. Right. If your uncle, cousins, brothers, sisters are dirtbags, forget them. Yeah. You you can find new family. Yeah. Or you can make some new family. Yeah. Um, blood is not necessarily thicker than water. No. Uh, and I mean because like people get married. Right. And that person's. Not related person. to you, but no. you know, but somehow now you are. Right. So, um, <sighs> really, really good book, yeah. but had some very heavy subjects yeah. that um, I think put into the novel form really helped. Like, like I've said to you before, I, I think I learned compassion reading and rice you know because you're like this poor vampire <laughs> like his life's horrible and he can't kill himself yeah. and he can't oh. die and they're like you know what life's not that bad not that bad <laughs> a vampire that can't die yeah well and this it's written in a way that you can feel you can feel these these stories yes you know it's not written so far away that you poverty in San Antonio. Um, I saw a homeless family like hanging out underneath the uh, the awning at AT&T last night. Um, big storm came through last night in San Antonio and uh, you know, I mean you know, I'd bring everybody home if I could and I used to. <laughs> but uh, one, it's not safe. And two, you can't bring everybody home. Can't bring everybody home. No. So. No. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, so gates of fire. If even if you don't want to or can't join the the book club tomorrow, mm-hmm. do yourself a favor. Pick up the book. Mm-hmm. Get it on Audible. Get it on Audible. Chill or driving or working or rucking or treading or whatever. Use your time wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, music's good, yep. but I think podcasts would be better. Yep. Um, but do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. But if you can do a podcast or a book, mm-hmm. I, I believe it makes good better use of your time. Better use of your time. Good for your brain. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I liked... Because I always said, but he said it better than Gunny was, you know, the, if you can stand, you can sit, if you can sit, you can lay down, if you can lay down, you can sleep, you know, if you can sleep, get the rest and never pass up water. Yeah, never pass up water. You know, I'll, 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 food's whatever, Mm -hmm. but sleep and water. Those are two must-haves. 
because I've always been lucky. I always had like a little extra energy source, know. you know, with me, because I like tortillas yes, and root beer floats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's your secret power. It is, <laughs> but it gives you something to draw from. Yeah, it's like a little you, savings account. Yeah, mm -hmm. versus if you're two percent body fat, it's it's problematic. And you freeze in the pool, <laughs> and you're shivering. So I'm not saying be fat. No. I'm just saying. It doesn't hurt to have a little bit more, mm -hmm. so you don't get hangry. No, hangry's no good. And yeah, hangry is no good. Yeah. You gotta pay attention. Yeah. So snack or learn to suffer more, mm -hmm. which I I always think to me is the uh, key to pararescue, or possibly just being in the military period. Learn to suffer more. Learn to suffer more. Yeah. And it's only suffering if you allow it to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think, like, not being sad, but, but having, like, a day like today where, you know, you reflect or you remember, um, that's good for growth and understanding who you are and where you're going. Exactly. It's a way we grow. I mean, suffering is no fun, and we're not talking about misery, but we do learn from our suffering. Right. If we allow ourselves to. Well, we'll see, and, like, I think of... Uh, say we're doing some heinous workout yeah. it could be suffering mm -hmm. if you're thinking about oh man this is horrible how many more of these do we have to do that's like suffering and misery yeah. versus you know being quiet and reflective you know in front of a grave or just the thought of the person mm -hmm. um, to me I think that that mm -hmm. it's not misery or suffering because you loved those people and so you're remembering them so it's it's a happy, sad. Yeah. It's, it's a whole Irish thing. Yeah. You know? Sad and happy, happy and sad. You listen to. They just go hand in hand. That's yeah. Do. Well, that's true though, because everything exists all at the same time. All of our happiness, all of our sad, it's all together all the time. We think that it's one or the other. It's no. It's all together. And I, I remember Henry V after the the Battle of Agincourt, and he was like, uh, you know, thanking God's grace and not by our strength. It, which is the same thing that Leonidas was saying. You know, yeah. why are we still here? What do we do? Who, who even right. knows, you know? No so live with the purpose. Mm -hmm. Make your purpose. Do your purpose. Because your purpose you could be done tomorrow. Ticket you, could come up. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, be the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. Help as many people as you can. And mm -hmm. try not to hurt, harm, or dampen anyone else's be, be aware. joy. Be aware of what you're doing. How yeah. it affects others around you. Yeah, a lot of ripples. A lot of ripples, big ones. Ripples make waves, mm. and some waves are fun, and some waves, uh, and and people in the wake of your misery that you've caused. Yeah, no. So think about your actions, mm -hmm. how, what they do, and how they affect people. Yeah. And uh, be grateful mm -hmm. for what you got. Because, uh, you know, you're alive. Yeah. I don't know if I go so far as, like, some people are like, this is the best time to be alive. I think three months ago <laughs> might have been yeah, the best time to be alive. Yeah, March. Uh, and then this crap hit. Yeah. And now, you know. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Wearing masks, walking down the road, avoiding everybody.
So, think positive. Yeah. Read Gates of Fire. Please. Um, hope you guys are all having a wonderful Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope you're with family or friends or somebody that you mildly enjoy. If you are free tomorrow, please come join us at 6. So please send the email by like 5. Yeah, let us know. We'll hop on about 5.50. Yeah, we'll hop on 4. And then... And even if you never read the book... Yeah, that's okay. You can listen. You can listen. Mm -hmm. You're like, I heard about this book. I have no idea what it's about, but it sounded interesting. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like a fun thing to do with a bunch of people making a difference. There you go. And that's what life is all about. Cones meeting cones. And just remember a stranger is just somebody you haven't made friends with yet. That's exactly right. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you to Shanda for reading. Well, you're welcome. And we'll chat with you later. Hoo-yah. <laughs>